Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing a really quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call the Ghostbusters. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's considering celebrating its first birthday next week with a case of slinkies and some nice new needle nose pliers. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac on the internet, and I'm thrilled to be bringing you episode 45, the alleged penultimate episode, before the podcast finds its voice in episode 46, if Ghostbusters canon is to be believed. And in all seriousness, I'm super excited about hitting that milestone together next week. I've got some new ideas in store and some things to tell you about. But this week, we're meeting somebody for the first time on Extra Plasma as our final guest of the first year of podcasting. And Eric Christensen is joining us to talk about his family-friendly Facebook group, The Moogly Fan Club, as well as his wealth of experience as a patch and pin designer, including for GB fans, Hook and Ladder 8, Ghostbusters franchises and content creators out there, and more. And I had a really great time getting to know Eric better and discovering just how many things in my personal passion pin collection are things that came from Eric's brain. Um, it was kind of truly eye-opening to uh, find how many things I own that he thought of and designed. So uh, it's kind of a fun thing to discover as you're talking to somebody. Uh, but some of you may also be wondering, okay, so so far you talked about how he's a passion pin maker. That makes sense in terms of the title of the episode, Jim, but what's with the pyrotechnics in the title? Well, one of the fun challenges of recording Extraplasm each week is that we talk to somebody in a different recording context than the prior week, and thus each week there's some new or interesting challenge for the guests and I to overcome to give you a well-produced episode. And this week, Eric and I encountered a podcasting first surprise fireworks show in the last 15 to 20 minutes of our chat. We were both really shocked that a fair happening a few blocks away from Eric began a pyrotechnics display right outside his window, and that bled into the podcast. But thanks to the power of editing and a lot of meticulous time spent doing it, a great deal of that has been eliminated or softened. I am simply telling you this not to scare you off of listening from the episode because it's perfectly fine and doesn't really bleed in that much by the time you get to the end of the podcast. Uh, but I do want you to kind of know if you hear some pops and bangs and booms, Eric was not under artillery assault um, and he was not uh, held hostage in a war zone in order to complete this episode, you know, under threat. Um, he simply has moved into a new home and did not know that there would suddenly be a fireworks show outside his house. But Again, last week, we, we had Pee Wee Herman suddenly vanish from the earth in the midst of the podcast. This week, we had fireworks. So what will episode, you know, 46 bring us? Hopefully less editing. But um, overall, I think it came out pretty good. So before we uh, get into our conversation with Eric, we need to talk, though, about what's gone on over the last week. So let's start off with some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Call in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extraplasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at ya. Okay, so getting into Ghostbusters headlines, the first thing we need to talk about is official Ghostbusters film news and... Um, there isn't quite that much of that, as we'll talk about in a moment, because of obvious reasons of strikes. But in the last few weeks, we've been talking about the screenings of the Ghostbusters work print that took place at Alamo Drafthouse in New York City, and that were hosted by Jason Reitman live and in the flesh. 
Uh, those screenings were probably the first time the work print had been seen on a big screen since the promotion of the original film at the Show West convention in the 1980s. So um, they were really awesome after a sold to set out dates and added dates in New York City and overall positive reviews from everything, everyone involved in those events. Jason Reitman is now bringing the work print to the United Kingdom for the first time ever on August 20th. As of this podcast, all of the screenings are sold out. So hopefully if you're local, you've grabbed your tickets already. Uh, but it's really exciting to see what it seemed at first to be like a one off screening event at Alamo's Ivan Reitman Theater. Uh turn into what's become a bit of a traveling exhibition. Maybe it will come to Los Angeles next. Please, please. If you happen to be attending this screening and you want to share some of your experience or do some debriefing uh, and you want to tell me about it and maybe give me some updates about how it went, please. If you're in the UK and you go, feel free to reach out to the podcast. You can, of course, always reach me at Extraplasm on Instagram, uh, a, a little bit less on X lately or Twitter or whatever it's called because I haven't been there so much, but you can still find me there or extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but surprisingly, or not surprisingly rather, there's not a lot else going on in official production capacity. Um, the writers and actors strikes continue, and as you likely know, the strikes are among the factors that have led the next Ghostbusters movie to be pushed back till 2024. Um, and the AMPTP the Writers Guild and uh, SAG haven't really made any headway in about, you know, 100 days since the writer's strike began. So I'm going to guess it's going to be a while until we get some more official production news. I was even thinking about this the other day that while it might be nice for us to see a trailer, unless that trailer's content was written and conceptualized prior to the strike beginning with the writers going on strike while the movie was still in production, that seems kind of difficult. So I'm really not sure when we're going to get a trailer, hopefully soon. But, um, you know, it's kind of interesting to think about that uh, this delay is going to continue to have some trickle down impacts. And, you know, they're not just about, you know, the, the film coming out, but some of them are going to have to do with merchandise and marketing as well. And so this is a good way for us to kind of segue into talking about merch news. Uh, the big topic of the week is sort of a non topic after all. A few weeks ago, I had told you about a potential release of some Ghostbusters toys as a result of an Entertainment Earth post on their Drop Zone calendar. And I had told you about uh, an event that was going to quote unquote feature reveals and crossing the streams that was supposed to happen on Wednesday or Thursday of this week. Uh, over the weekend, that post on Entertainment Earth suddenly changed to no longer say crossing the streams any longer. Uh, and this led to a uh, a situation where uh, Jason Fitzsimmons was able to confirm from uh, Ghost Corps that, in fact, this listing of a reveal was, in fact, a mistake. Uh, it turns out that we should expect to see nothing at all from Hasbro with respect to Ghostbusters this week. Uh, and that, according to Ghost Corps, the announcement was made in error. There's no forthcoming announcement of Ghostbusters toys this week. Uh, now, that being said, we certainly should be expecting toys at some point, just probably closer to a forthcoming movie or an animated project that's done or, you know, something else that would make those items more relevant to release. If you think about the Indiana Jones line uh, that Hasbro has, that's something they've had the license for, but they weren't turning out toys for because they didn't have a movie out. Now they do. So there's lots of Indiana Jones toys. Ghostbusters kind of operates the same way, so I'm not surprised to see that, you know, with the delay happening, that we're not getting something that maybe was planned. Um, whether this is something that was planned or whether it's just a mistake or whether somebody just haphazardly used the phrase crossing the streams, uh, you know, it's really no one really knows. I don't think you're going to find that out in any concrete terms. 
Um, but that's okay. The biggest, the most important thing is that eventually we will get toys. It's just not going to happen now. So um, hang in there. There's there's things still coming. And remember um, that we, we waited 31 and a half years for Ghostbusters Afterlife. So everything's going to be fine. Uh, but I will tell you that as it turns out, Hasbro toys are not the only thing you won't be able to put in your Ghostbusters collection for a little while longer. Uh, Ghostbusters News has also reported that the Ghostbusters tarot deck and guidebook from Inside Editions that was originally slated for uh, availability around Halloween time this year has now been delayed. Uh, so if you had that available for if you had that pre-ordered at places like Amazon, it won't be meeting its target date. The new release date for that is now January 16th, 2024. So while you won't have it in time for Halloween, you will have it with pretty adequate time to tell you how most of your 2024 is going to go down. If we're still in a writer's actor's strike and the AMPTP still hasn't made a, a reasonable deal with the folks who are in those situations, maybe you'll be able to use that tarot deck to determine when the next Ghostbusters movie is coming out. Uh, but for now, you won't be able to pick it up. So let's talk about something that's not delayed or canceled. Um, if, if you're one of the folks out there who missed the Ghostbusters 1 and 2 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray Steelbook set from 2019 that was released with the 35th anniversary of the film, that's going to be re-released uh, as a reprint coming out uh, with a pre-order from Amazon.com with a September 26th release date. From my standpoint, this is a less complete collection of content than the ultimate collection that was in that trap box that we got before. But I will say that I like the steelbook format better because that trap box is cumbersome and annoying and eventually the batteries are going to die in it. And when they do, it's going to become a tie bomb of leaky battery acid. But I digress. Um, I still kind of feel that the steelbook with a book inside of it would have been a superior format for this. Um, but to be fair, the trap has more content in it, but you can't get that anymore. Um, so if you don't have the trap and you don't have the steelbook, you should definitely pick it up because it's worth it. It's still got a ton of extras. It's got audio commentaries. It's got Ghostbusters 2 deleted scenes. It's got like the uh, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd show West reel. So not the actual show West cut of the film, but the reel they showed before the film explaining that it was incomplete and making jokes about it. Um, the electronic press kit is on it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's on there that's really amazing and valuable um, and was probably the most complete collection of stuff before we got that trap. So um, I if I if you don't have one of these, you should pick one up. I'll be frank. Um, and honestly, I may pick up another one because as somebody who went to went to fan fest and got one of these as like a class 10 gift. Mine is signed and um, is in a slime exclusive or an exclusive like slime slipcover that was only given out at FanFest. So I tend to not want to ever like do anything with it other than look at it. <laughs> so I might decide to get one of these just so I've got an expendable uh, steel book, but we'll see. But again, these are not out yet, but you can um, pre-order them now for a September 26 release. If you happen to be in the Illinois area, here's a piece of like exclusive fan merch. The Schomburg Boomers, who are a Frontier League baseball team, will host the Windy City Thunderbolts on August 11th. And one of the uh, promos they're doing is a marshmallow fight night uh, sponsored by Campfire Marshmallows. The first 1,000 people to enter Illinois' Wind Trust Field are going to receive a uh, bobblehead of Stay Puffed holding a bat uh, standing on top of home plate that has like the uh, team's branding and campfire branding on it. 
And I totally want one of these. So if you're going and you want to grab me one somehow, I will be like indebted to you. Uh, but I, I digress. I'm not really like I'm running my podcast just so I can now make requests of people to send me things. Um, but I, I am kind of jealous that this is only going to happen at like one uh, independent league baseball game. And there's not some larger promotion across the entire MLB where everyone's doing a marshmallow fight night. Uh, apparently, the marshmallow fight night will include a fireworks show and then what Campfire is billing as the largest marshmallow fight. Uh, and I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means they're going to shoot like marshmallow guns. Uh, that, you know, fire little marshmallows at people, or if it means that they're going to take like a, a truckload of uh, marshmallow that's melted and dump it over somebody's head like they're Walter Peck. Um, I'm not really sure, but I'm sure we'll get to find out on August 11th. So uh, by the time we have the next podcast, more info may be available about what is going on or what went on at that point at uh, the uh, Wintrust Field in Illinois. So uh, if you're out there and you have a chance to go and you want to tell me about what it was and you want to give me a sort of a the scoop because you have an opportunity to check it out, feel free to reach out. Uh, it's always nice to hear from folks who are going to events and participating in them as opposed to just looking at stuff on social media. Um, beyond that, there's not a lot of other merch news to talk about this week, but there is definitely video game news to talk about this week for sure. Uh, Extraplasm 44 came out last week on Tuesday and was recorded on Monday. So if you listen to that episode, you probably heard me say in the middle of it that, hey, the, the downloadable content is coming today for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed because we found out like literally as I was producing the episode and putting it together after recording it. And so at this point, the third downloadable content update for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed has dropped, is now available. Uh, if you haven't tried it already, you totally should. There's a new ghost type, which is called the Watcher, uh, and it is Bug Eye Ghost. So it is actually three different variations of Bug Eye Ghosts, two of which, um, you know, are not called that. But one of which is the primary is the one from, you know, our Kenner toys when we were kids and who made an appearance in Afterlife. Uh, it's a pretty cool uh, model. It's really kind of fun. I think that the animations they did for this one are, are very uh, spirited and kind of hilarious in terms of how he taunts and the things that he does when he's doing them. The eye stock that he has and the way it's animated is hilarious and great. And it's the only ghost that has the feature of being able to attack while haunting an object. So while he's inside of an object, he can shoot the eye out and actually smack people with it. Uh, depending upon which ghost you're playing with, your you all the bug eyes can certainly like hit people with you know their eye or whatever and like lick them with their like shoot a tongue lick at them or whatever. Uh, but they're each of the different bug eye ghosts has a different uh, superpower. And so one of them takes the eye and swings it around over his head and slimes everybody with it. One of them shoots laser beams from his eyes in rapid fire succession. Uh, and there's a third one that at the moment is just completely escapes me what it does. Um, just I can't remember right now, but you can totally go and check out the downloadable content to find out. Uh, the other big reveals from the downloadable content was the level and the level we got is absolutely freaking awesome. I'm like stoked about this and feel it's probably the best level design that Ilphonic has had so far since the game came out. When I recorded last week's episode, I'm pretty sure I described this level as a nightclub because uh, that's what I believed it to be. And it's called like the new motion dance club or new motion concert club or something. Uh, but it is way more than that because it is like an entertainment complex that's multiple floors uh, where like the first floor is 
a freaking pizza restaurant with a commercial pizza kitchen, which I'm just going to say this. If you know me and you know anything about me beyond this podcast, you know that you probably know that I'm an insane pizza fanatic who makes his own pizza dough in his home and like takes constant photos of (laughs) just pizza after pizza after pizza. And the level of detail in this commercial pizza kitchen inside this video game has absolutely impressed me. I don't know if you're Ilphonic designers, artists, if you're out there listening, um, Good job on the pizza kitchen. I was seriously impressed. Um, my one problem with it is there are no hauntable objects inside the pizza kitchen. There should be. But uh, I love this pizza kitchen. And from there, it's a comedy club downstairs in the basement with, you know, where stand up comedians would perform. There's like an open dance floor with a crash disco ball on the floor. Like, I love this level. I really do. The courtroom level was great when it came out, but it's a little uh, overwhelming in terms of size and uh, the reach of how far the ghost can be from others such that it's really hard to get around this uh, this new level is like to me the best size and scale of a level that they could produce that also has so much variety of things to do in it uh, so i i love this new level added to ghostbuster spirits unleashed and ilphonic like totally thumbs up on this you also got a thumbs up on the bug eye ghost because it's great uh <laughs> the Other features added to this downloadable content pack are the Ghostbusters 2016 costumes, or rather, I should say uniforms, uh, their weaponry. That's all unlockable stuff now. So as you complete different research contracts and side hustles, you're now able to unlock the components to build the 2016 Ghostbusters uh, outfit, their their gear as gear shells, etc. So. There's a lot in this DLC. There was a lot of work and a lot of love that's obviously been put into this to make it something that's really robust and adds some new things to the game uh, and revitalizes it. And you can see that like if you go back into looking at who's playing versus who is probably playing a couple, you know, even a month and a half ago uh, when I kind of went, uh, I don't know how I feel about this lately. <laughs> I think I'm a little done and I've hit my wall. Uh, there's a lot more activity going on in terms of folks playing and being involved and getting engaged. What I will say, as a person who's now played way too much of this DLC, just like he's played way too much of this game entirely, uh, <laughs> this needs some hot fixing. Uh, there are some things that are really game-breakingly somewhat mm, problematic. Uh, I'm not trying to be overly negative about Spirits Unleashed in light of all the positive things that are in this DLC but, uh, you know, there's some things that are just not working in terms of ghost physics. I'm watching ghosts go invisible pretty routinely as playing as Slimer or playing as the bug eye ghost. I have found myself kind of just physics wise going wonky so I can't possess anything anymore or or my minions just become unusable. So there's a clear need for some hot fixing going on here. And I will say this, that if you're an Xbox player and you've been experiencing problems logging in, and accessing crossplay, it's not you, it's Ilphonic. Uh, there is some glitch, some problem that has been created in the crossplay features that is not allowing Xbox uh, players to authenticate properly, uh, and that's impacted things like league play, for instance. And so there is a need for a hotfix. I will say that. Like, as much as there's new features here and it's great, it would be nice if we didn't do a DLC and then need to do an immediate hotfix for things that are game breaking glitches. And it's not the first time we've had to do that. Uh, So just that's just throwing that out there. Everything that's there conceptually, everything design wise, artistic wise, like I love Uh, if we could just get to a better point of testing and quality control before we put out a release like this, that then kind of inspires a whole bunch of people to come check out something new, but then 
gives them pain, <laughs> that would be good. Uh, especially because the last thing I'll tell you about this game is that the price on it has been dropped to $19.99 uh, to kind of inspire more players to come into the game. And if you're buying physical releases, you can actually find them at this point at like Walmart for less than 17, which is nuts. Uh, so I want more people to take up this game and play it and for it to be something that we, you know, look at as being a more valuable thing than just a four on one asymmetric thing that exists on a server and will go away at some point and we all forget about. Uh, it, there's an opportunity here and there's a real chance for this to be something that could be a robust community with good narrative going on, but you've got to make sure that gameplay is good enough that people want to come back because if they're just having to respawn or their weapons disappear or whatever, any of the things that go wrong, it creates a negative experience, especially for those people just coming in as brand new players as it's being incentivized to come on board at this time. So, um, you know, that, that's that's my feedback as much as no one probably cares or wants it, <laughs> but I'm, I'm kind of just spitballing about my interactions with this over the last week. But I have to say, I'm really enjoying getting back into the game and playing. I just wish I wasn't having to end matches and then try to respawn into another public match because something has gone so wrong with my ghost that I, you know, either I'm cheating from by sliding people through the floor, which I don't want to be, um, or uh, I have to quit because that way I'm, you know, otherwise I'm kind of being a jerk. So um, leave that where it is. That's kind of the last thing I'll sort of say on that that's negative. But if you haven't tried out the DLC yet and you haven't given it a shot, definitely give it a shot because it's worth your time. Uh, even if you just go test out the bug eye ghost and play through the level a few times, there's a lot there to enjoy and appreciate. In additional Ghostbusters video game news, and seems like there's more of this this week than there ever has been before, uh, Jason Fitzsimmons had talked about the Lego 2K Drive game a while back, having an Ecto-1 model that you could uh, get into the game and build, because this is essentially a video game that's like Mario Kart. It's like a racing game, except you get to build the things you're going to race. Well, apparently the community of racers in the Lego 2K have now built a Lego RC trap that you can race around um, a fearsome flush because it's obviously on wheels. The one you have as a toy uh, in Lego format that you can race against, you know, sports cars and other things. And um, the the Highway Haunter um, from the Kenner, like, you know, Ghostbusters line has been designed as an in-game Lego object. Um, there's obviously you can also play as the Ecto-1 like Jason had reported on before. I I'm referring you to Ghostbusters news for this because if you want to check this out, Jason has aggregated all of the share codes for this game to download the models that you would want to try out and test. There's apparently also an Ecto-1 boat. And if it's not Marine Ecto-8, then I'm going to be sad. But I got to be honest, like I hadn't tried this game. I I'm I don't really play that many games, but seeing what you can do with this and the idea that I could race a spooky toilet against other people in a video game, like I may need to go get this just to do that, even if just once. Uh, so the article over on Ghostbusters News is called Real Ghostbusters Toys and Afterlife's RTV Get Recreated in Lego 2K Drive. Uh, go check it out if you have 2K Drive or if you want to grab it and screw around with it, because these are really cute models. And if any, if nothing else, like I want to know if I can build the things that are in 2K drive in like using actual Lego parts. Uh, can I, are they actual Lego, you know, one for one exchangeable things that I can just go get? Because if they are, then these are some fun new models um, that even if you're not into 
Uh, Lego 2K Drive is a video game you might be into as a model builder, and it's worth checking out. And the uh, third piece of Ghostbusters video game news is apparently Fortnite has a a mode called Prop Haunters uh, that involves running around and using your weapons to shoot spirit shards um, while stopping ectoplasmic haunters. <laughs> um, if this sounds like <laughs> like maybe Fortnite was like, hey, what if we just did our own version of Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed without the license? It kind of sounds like that. I have to be honest. I'm not much of a Fortnite player, and I know Fortnite has had a Ghostbusters tie-in in the past. And I've had people tell me that like Spirits Unleashed is like a knockoff of Fortnite. And so this seems like such a a strange like the worm is eating its tail kind of thing where now Fortnite is making an a, a sort of, uh, you know, kind of a, a knockoff of Spirits Unleashed because one of the primary things you do in Spirits Unleashed is destroy a bunch of rifts that a bunch of ghosts pop out of and try to stop you from destroying. Uh, so I'm not really sure that I'm going to give this a shot because I've I've overwhelmingly avoided Fortnite in my life just because I didn't understand why people thought it was so great. And I'm one of those kinds of people who goes, what? It's too mainstream. Why would I? <laughs> but um, I I do want you to know if you're a Fortnite player that there's apparently a way for you to play something that's kind of like Ghostbusters. Um, so give that a shot if you're up for it. Um, and beyond that, I want to talk for a couple minutes about a few unofficial merchandise item things that we should know about. Um, one of those things is that our friends over at Phantasm Toys are done with their destructor. Uh, their yeah, their their, their destructor figure that they, they had been advertising and that I reviewed. If you haven't seen the video, you can take a look at it. The pre-orders for that closed last Friday. However, quickly on the heels of that, uh, Phantasm began teasing two new things that will be coming in the future. In addition to the terror dogs, they've already teased one of which is a ghost that appears to be sort of like Moogly, exactly like he looks in the real Ghostbusters cartoon marching down the street in the intro. And I am so stoked about this. I like want to get him some awesome sneakers um, <laughs> maybe, um, some, some running equipment. I want to maybe get like an army build these. That would be kind of cool. Send them all off jog jogging somewhere. Uh, but if you haven't seen this stuff on Phantasm's website, like we're rather on their Instagram, you should go take a look at it because they've teased this. And the other ghost they're teasing is a cartoon accurate looking version of green ghost, uh, who comes with cartoon accurate looking accessories that you've seen before. Uh, if you don't know what that means, go take a look because um, it seems that gr their green ghost may be coming with accessories that were very much like the green ghost that came from another company, uh, but in correct cartoon style, which I think is hilarious. These are concepts designs so far, so we'll see well, if they get released or how they get released. But they're things that were kind of fun and that I think are good examples of the creativity that comes out of Phantasm. And if, if you haven't figured out already, like I love that toy company and the two guys who run it because they do great work. So um take a look at that if you haven't already. It's something that is worth your time because it's just fun and interesting and really begins to set the like sort of bar on what could come next, you know, um, in terms of if not just their work, but what other toy manufacturers are doing and how lines can be expanded. So, um, yeah, I think that about wraps up the things on merch and news for this week. So uh, let's go ahead and have a conversation with Eric Christensen. And remember, uh, most of this is going to be really clear and really easy for you to understand. And then the last 15 minutes of it are still totally going to be really clear and easy to understand. But you may also hear some pops and bangs in the background uh, that we couldn't eliminate 
without also deleting Eric talking <laughs> because they were happening in the background. So anything that was removable uh, during his downtime, we took out and most of what you will hear may be softened. And I apologize for the inconvenience on this. The conversation is totally worthwhile and worth uh, pushing through the 15 minutes. And I will tell you this, if you do, there might be something on the other side for you. If you're one of the first two people, especially to get through the other side, there might be something there for you. Hint, hint. Okay, let's go to my conversation now with Eric Christensen. Joining me on the podcast, a patch and pin designer, the admin of an awesome fan club group on Facebook, and an all-around awesome and nice person who's been messaging me since like probably the beginning of Extraplasm, and I didn't bother to put together any of the nuts and bolts on all the things that he does for a while. Please, everybody, welcome Eric Christensen to the show. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing good, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm so glad you're here because like you would message me and be like, hey, that was a good show, and then you'd offer me your comment, and I'd have a conversation with you, and then I'm like, oh, that's cool. That guy seems pretty nice. And I just never put together that like you were the person behind the Moogly fan club for months. And oh, no, I have to okay. offer you my public apology on the air for that. <laughs> oh, no, no need. I appreciate you having me on the show. This is actually the first podcast I've ever done, whether talking about the club or myself or whatever. So uh, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on the show. For those of you who've ever heard of the Moogly fan club on Facebook and you ever wondered who the Moogly behind the fan club was, you now know. Yep, that's it's Eric. Me. <laughs> um, Eric also is, does a lot of passion pin designing. He uh, works with Crystal Bass Monroe as part of their generic crystal designs uh, project where they can create pins for you and do other things where they can create pins of their own and um, patches and things. And he also designs stuff for Hook and Ladder 8. And if you've bought pins from like GB fans in the past or patches, Eric might have designed them. So um, you might not know who Eric is like you've never, you know, because you never heard him on a podcast before. But there's a really good chance that if you listen to this podcast, you probably own something in your collection that he designed. So I'm so glad you're here, Eric. Thank you for coming on the show. No, no, I'm excited. Let's go. Yeah. So um, how are you doing? How are, how are things going where you are? I'm OK. I'm OK. Uh, my family and I just got over. Uh, we just today, literally today one month of moving into our new home. Congratulations. So headquarters is finally coming into fruition. I don't have <laughs> empty walls around me anymore. I finally can get my collection back up, my PlayStation, you know, all that, all that, all that good stuff. You know, where am I going to put the Ghostbuster stuff? You told you and I were having some, uh, some home repair issues of in a mutual week of like, trying to figure out how to make a podcast and you said something like don't worry i've got to sit down and go build a bunch of ikea furniture now and then the next day you posted like completely bare blank shelves for a brand new collection yep. space for a room and i was like that's kind of home improvement that's a hassle but it's also kind of just you know <laughs> wish fulfillment because you have all <laughs> kinds of new shelves for all kinds of action figures and things which is awesome so i hope that you get to fill up that space i mean not too quickly because then you'll have space danger but nope but i'm a Officially one quarter have them filled right now. So I'm looking nice. forward to the hard part is digging in to the boxes because what I have put away versus what I have out totally different numbers. So yeah. I have to dig and dig and find those specialty pieces that I want to look at every single day. Right. And did you also find that packing things up and moving meant that you had to figure out what you really did and didn't need to keep? Because that's my problem every time. You know what? It did. Um, it was funny. Now, I 
the home I lived in before, I didn't really have a collection room per se. I had a couple of bookshelves and a computer desk to display stuff on. So I limited space and I had a closet filled to the brim like a cartoon (laughs) just you open it up and you're worried stuff's gonna fall on you oh i i understand this (laughs) and it was you know there was an alice frame in there a spirit pack uh my uniform equipment extra patches and pins random things a box full of action figures you know when you're a collector you kind of have some stuff close to you and the rest can go in the garage you know you keep those those favorite items with you the whole time in case you ever need to get to him, which you, uh, of course I never did. But right, uh, that's the best part is you're like, I might need to get to this soon, so I better make sure that I keep this uh box of uh this this case of <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife cereal nearby. And you're yep. Like, no one needs that anymore, dude. That that's not even you could give it to a food pantry. That just needs to go away. Mm-hmm. You just <laughs> that just disappear that now. That has been my um rev- my uh. My coming to terms this week is recognizing how much perishable stuff I bought during the, <laughs> the lead up to Afterlife, like cereal and marshmallows, slime topping. Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. Yep. There's like a box of hard rock hard marshmallows that have been discovered. And I'm like, oh, this is where you have to be more in, you know, in control of what you're doing. And I admit that like part of that I know is. We were in the middle of the pandemic, so it was just like, what was there to do? I know, I'll stockpile marshmallows and (laughs) collect everything. I I did the same thing, (laughs) and I I told my buddy this and my wife this. When I opened up the very first package of Stay Puffed branded marshmallows, they were the freshest marshmallows I ever ate. And they had to have been (laughs) because they were just packaged like that. You know it wasn't sitting around for a year waiting to hit the shelves with all the other campfires. These were made some semi recently and I bit it. I was like, Oh God. And I milked, I milked it. I had marshmallows for oh, almost a year. I would always go to the store and look at the ex- expiration dates. All right. This one's a month longer than this one in the cart, in the cart. Right. And uh, eventually so I had this goal. I wanted to preserve two bags, one at one of each size. So yeah. I carefully cut a slit into each bag this ever so ever I so ever so gently with a little exacto and i would pull the marshmallows i wouldn't dump them i'd pull them out so yep. i wouldn't expand the hole or t- or make the plastic <laughs> warp and then i just I put a nice piece of tape along the back flattened it in a page protector and now it looks beautiful for until the plastic wears off <laughs> rubs off of it it's so funny because I was disposing of marshmallows and I was putting together a box of stuff to send the Jason Fitzsimmons from Ghostbusters news a few weeks ago. And he then featured it in one of his unboxing videos. And one of the things that I put in there was here are some empty bags of marshmallows. And I did exactly the same thing. It was like, take them out one at a time, <laughs> throw them away. And then here, this is perfectly open for you to reclose on the backside where no one will see it. Yep. So well, actually, people- Troy Benjamin from Crossroad came up with a good method of doing that using like one of those handheld chip sealers yep. that you use to reseal chip bags. And that was mm-hmm. a pretty like revolutionary thing where I had to go out and buy a chip sealer just, just for marshmallow <laughs> did, did, bags. Did you fill it up with the fake marshmallows too? I admit it was genius. Uh, yeah. those, those people had the, were they rubber or plastic? Foam? Styrofoam. 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 That's styrofoam. what they were. The, yeah. And it looked really great. I saw some people. Foam. Yes. Some people had had displays with like a mini puff sticking out of that. And the rest of the marshmallows were all the form ones, yep. the foam ones, sorry. Or, uh, 
just having the bag sealed again with non yeah. non uh perishables which is great but these it's are just- the kinds of things that you will see over like you know on the moogly fa- f- uh, fan club facebook group because i think that's honestly like that you might have been the first person i saw who posted that hey you can put tape over the back of the bag thing and i saw that i, I was pretty sure i saw that on your group maybe i didn't but i thought i did so, it might have been we yeah. were pretty early to get some um and i, I gotta be honest when i heard they were coming out I, I may, might have sent my wife to too many different Walmarts just, uh, <laughs> just, and then I might've gone to some more too, just looking for but that's the hunter in me. That's the collector in me. If I can't hey, find it at Walmart, a, I'll go check through G and see if I, I hear can find you. It. I did the same thing. And I figured out here in the, our market that the, uh, the place to go was never actually Walmart. Rather it was Walmart neighborhood market. Mm. Um, we like never saw those in proper Walmart stores for whatever reason, but the neighborhood market grocery stores did get them. Nice. And then I found myself shipping marshmallows cross country to New York City yep. because there are no Walmarts in New York City where one could buy Stay Puft marshmallows, even though the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's hometown is New York City. Yep. <laughs> Which is Dude. like, what? What do you mean? Somebody had to like supply chain needs to be fixed for that for uh, next time around. Ghost core. Somebody figure it out. Um, I'm assured that right now everyone from Ghost Corps is listening to the podcast. That's how oh, it works, I hope so. Obviously, clearly. I hope so. Obviously, you know, I uh, <laughs> I remember giving away with the for the club when we had it. As soon as I got a bag of marshmallows in hand, I already made a contest to give it away. After, of course, I opened up my bag, of course. But right. uh, as as soon as I give them away, somebody somewhere is not going to be able to find them. Walmart has a history of being unreliable with collectibles, let alone specific, you know, food stuff, not to diss yeah. Walmart or anything. Cause they're probably listening to, but, uh, <laughs> they're totally listening. They have an entire like division <laughs> of Walmart that is set aside for one thing. And one thing only it's called spying on podcasts. That's right. And like, that's, it's the podcast research division and it just listens to any podcast. There's a bot that listens to podcasts first and looks for the word Walmart and it screens them and then it selects them. And then there's a bunch of Walmart staffers. It's what the greeters do when they can't stand at the door anymore because they're not physically capable. They just put them in a room and I'm just going to have to. That sounds terrible. That's horrible, man. (laughs) (laughs) When they can't when they can't move anymore, we just we just put them in a room. Sometimes we turn the light on. That's okay. Headphones on them. We put headphones on them. We're like, are they saying good things about Walmart? They're saying bad things about Walmart. Write it down. And that's. So shout out to the Walmart podcast research department. We appreciate the longevity you had standing at the door, greeting people and your current position. And we're sorry for creating more work for you this week. That being said, (laughs) let's, (laughs) let's talk about for a few minutes. I want to talk about the Moogly fan club for a couple minutes because I like, I don't know, like, I'm not sure when you got it started. I just remember that one day there was this new thing that showed up on Facebook and it was like, join the Moogly fan club. And I'm not even sure that I was 100% clear on what a Moogly was at that point. (laughs) I don't even know if I knew at that moment that Moogly was the name of the, you know, the ghost inside the no ghost, the no, the no, the no ghostbusters inside the no ghost logo. Um, So when did the Moogly fan club sort of come about and what caught what's what was its point and what's or what is its point and purpose? Okay, so. the club officially launched May 11th, 2021. So we're a little over two years in. Um, it started as a way to bring fans together. 
and a way to bring not even, not just fans together, but potential new fans. Okay. When I was a kid growing up, I bought Ghostbusters toys at flea markets. I watched movies. I watched cartoons, all the stuff. And I thought I was the, probably the biggest collector in my town. And granted, I was a kid on the outskirts of Chicago. Later, later on in life, I realized, yeah, I was part of this community. I didn't know existed. Right. You know, uh, you think you know, growing up, it's, it's me that uh, nobody else is probably into this. It's just me. And then you find out, you know, years later, there's, you know, the old ghostbusters.net forums, proton charging, GB fans. Mm-hmm. You realize it's a heck of a lot bigger than you realized. And I always thought to myself, it would have been nice to know that there were more people like me going on, like, uh, yeah. you know, happening in the world and a way to try to bring them together. So Ghostbusters is one of the best fandoms. As far as I'm concerned, I've seen some amazing people do some amazing things in the community. And there's always, you know, let's, let's have an example. You're really into the movies. You, you cosplay, you dress up, you do everything. You got a proton pack, all that. But your wife, you want to try and bring your wife in. Okay. And, or your partner, or however. And the club is a way to introduce the fandom in a family-friendly way. Okay. So I wanted to bring people together for fa- fans new and old. Provide tips, you know, little tricks to get yourself started. You know, for example... Every Halloween, we do a segment on building a flight suit. And we examine from screen accurate all the way down to spirit Halloween uh, right. flight suits that come with inflatable proton packs. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we, well, you know, not everybody can afford to have the whole screen out yeah. accurate gear. And for some people, it's intimidating. Some people, you know, and for a three-year-old, an inflatable pack is perfect. That's right. <laughs> Could you imagine if we had all this stuff when we were kids? I mean, think about right. it. We had three life-size <laughs> proton packs come out in the last year. Right. Yeah. Spirit, <laughs> HasLab, and the Halloween costumes. I guess I don't, I don't really count that one. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Halloween costumes. We, 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 we love you. Don't, don't worry. No, it's a good option for somebody else. And they, they ship to the UK, which is always good. Yes. So I wanted to have a nice, friendly community to bring people together where people could ask questions, introduce their kids. Uh, I do focus a little bit more on kids than I do adults. Um, yeah. We have activities. And everything I do is free. So we have Moogly mazes where you try and find your way from one end of Moogly's head to the other side. We have our spectral search which is a fancy way of saying word searches. We have our uh, word mashups. We have free printable certificates to everybody uh, that everybody right. can just download and you know, display. Some franchises put them out on display. It's always nice to see some kids have them in their rooms. Uh, we have a lot of a lot of easy things for people to do. You know, I try to be cost effective. I, you know, I pay for most of it myself. Most of it just comes out of pocket. Uh, right. So I try and, you know, 
it's not always the most extravagant, but I want people to know that the effort is there and I'm doing this for everybody to have a good time. Um, what I think is interesting about like what you're doing is that like you, cause I was trying to think about this before we started recording, like who else is producing? And if somebody else out there is, and you're like, you didn't know about me, don't take it personally. Let me know. (laughs) But like, I don't like your orientation is very much family oriented, right? That you're like, you're kind of filling this space of when I was a kid or when you were a kid, you could have like joined the Ghostbusters fan club. (laughs) For like five ninety nine or whatever, you'd get like a, a patch in the mail or whatever, but you'd get like activity sheets and things. And then the internet came along and you could start to download those things, right? And so yep. I think about the number of franchises that would hand out like coloring sheets and those kinds of things over the years. And you're kind of providing like a digital repository for those things for people who want to get their kids into the franchise or for people who want to utilize those resources for things. But you've also sort of cultivated like a a family friendly space online that I think is very unique. Mm -hmm. Like it's beyond just like, Oh, Hey, here's like assets you can use to go create cool stuff. And instead it's like, I'm going to say this Some people out there, like don't get upset. If you run a Facebook group on, on Facebook about ghostbusters to hold on, like just don't get, don't get mad. But a lot of the ghostbusters face groups that I interact with are places that make me want to avoid Facebook. And I admit that, like I have said this for a while that, getting a Facebook group started for Extraplasm or a page even has been something that I have dreaded because of how I watch Facebook groups kind of deteriorate sometimes and act badly and the norms and community of them. And I, I just want to say for you, like you have cultivated in like the two years that you've had the space up a good place for conversation and discourse and for people to feel comfortable bringing, you know, like, Hey, let's go to the internet. We can show this to the kids. And if I go there, it's probably not going to be the dream ghost giving um, you know, <laughs> nope. activities to Ghostbusters on screen. Nope, you know, nope, so. nope, <laughs> nope. Um, no, I try, try to keep it as clean as possible. You know, the internet is the internet, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's, it's not always bad. It's not always bad, but everybody wants to be careful. You know, I try and encourage fam family as well. And you, um, we have our printable Moogly masks. You can literally print out my logo's uh, face, it's got the dotted lines all over it. <laughs> right. You can make it cut out the eyes and it's got the holes for a string or put it on a popsicle stick and have a mask. We have wristbands that um, resemble the old Kenner PKE armbands or the, the proton pack armbands. The, right. uh, and it's again, it's all, it's all free. Um, you also mentioned something that I forgot to touch on. Um, as far as franchises go, I was not aware that there are like six Illinois franchises. Um, <laughs> I didn't meet somebody from a franchise until 2009 was the very first time. And I didn't even know they were in yeah. a franchise. They were just three guys that were in full gear. Um, I also wanted to have a way for, let's just say you're somebody in Tennessee. You know, you're looking to find a franchise. You can ask me and I'll completely do a post and say so-and-so is looking for a franchise in Tennessee, you know, roll call. Uh, Who do I got in here? And if, you know, if I can't find the answer, I try and help as much as I can. I do a Moogly mailbag segment as well that I get from time to time. Some of it can just be answered easily just between messages. But other times I'll post on the page and go. Hey, this person is 
worried that their spirit pack is going to look down upon in a franchise. And, you know, let's, let's hear your thoughts on it. And most of the time, and I'll admit, I have a, a very good group of people that have joined. Yeah. I, I don't think I haven't had any issues with any kind of troublemakers or anything like that since I started. And you'll be surprised how many people just want to help. They'll go, no, you, yeah. you do you. You make it however you want to. Some people go into detail like our franchise specifies you have to have a full uniform. You know, you have to have boots, flight suit, mm-hmm. the patches, the belt and the armbands and you're good. Whatever else you have is yours. You know, some, right. some people go, well, my group's a little more uh, firm on what kind of gear you can have. And it's nice to, it's nice to see all the differences between all these different groups. I mean, I don't know. Um, did you get to see the last version of the uh, franchise match that came, map that came out? I did. Yeah. The, just think about all those different groups. And yeah. to just imagine being somebody from one of those t- states that either doesn't, that has one in it or has 20 in there and right. you're just opening your eyes like, well, I have options. I yeah. have options that, that, and maybe that gives somebody the courage to go, okay, well, the Windy City Ghostbusters are in my area. Let's message them and see what I can do about signing up. Right. What I think is like important about that too, is that like, I'll say this, <laughs> somebody who, like I was a person who lurked. I've said this a number of times in the podcast that I probably lurked on GB fans since like the 25th anniversary of Ghostbusters or something. But since like 2009, I would be like, I'm not going to go post here, but I'll go read about proton packs and read about merchandise and things. And then I kind of had this kind of sort of social media uh, coming out that came out, happened in my life and like, around like 2016, 2017, where I was like, I've been a person who has been very private about my social media use in the past for the most part. Now I want to be amongst people who are doing the same thing. And so to go out even in like, you know, I was almost 40 at that point and try to find people to go engage was kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like would, I was, it was always intimidating to go on GB fans and post because I always felt like I didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And so that seemed like a place where lots of folks who had a lot of knowledge existed and who were very good at correcting each other. <laughs> like, and who were very good at saying, no, you're wrong. And so I would go, I don't know if I should speak up in here because I'll always feel like I'm talking out of turn in some way. And instead it was, you know, places, other Facebook groups that I ended up joining, like the yes, have some group and other stuff that kind of, I came into, you know, a, an awareness of the, the the social dynamics of the fandom, even if I knew about, you know, what an end filter was and all kinds of nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's hard for new people to kind of come into anything. That's not like a criticism of Ghostbusters groups at all. Uniquely, I know I said, like, watch out Facebook groups. But I, I mean, realistically, whether you're like joining, I don't know, the college debate team, which I've also done in my life and then become a director of debate at certain points. <laughs> but like you have to overcome the sort of weird like social norm acquisition and uh getting to know how things go that makes it uncomfortable to post in a new place mm-hmm. whereas like i feel like your group is like hey it doesn't matter if you're new like just come on in and say as long as you follow the rules in here then you can feel free to post things and we want newcomers and you should feel comfortable coming in as somebody who doesn't have a background in this and so i think that's so important because it's like what keeps fandoms alive you know over time is the ability to say hey this is something you should try out and check out too, without that sort of sense of intimidation. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to say like, good job. No, I think that's a good no, thing. Th- to do. Thank you. So. Thank you. You know, it's, 
it's like we say, and I don't want to quote the page. I think I probably end up doing it, but we provide content, content, contests, and activities designed to introduce the fandom in a lighthearted way. No matter yeah. if you were introduced to Ghostbusters via toys, films, comic books, cartoons, or a billboard you saw with the logo down the street one day, you know, we come and talk about it. We embrace all, uh, all the movies, including answer the call. I know it might make some people upset, but <laughs> you know what though? You can't without us going into that. Cause that's a whole other thing. But, um, <laughs> You can't deny that it introduced the fandom to a different set of fan base or to a, to a different I, uh, I generation. That, yeah. And that's what we want. You know, maybe somebody yep. saw answer the call and, or, you know, answer the call is very lighthearted the whole time. I would, yeah. I, I would say it doesn't really have any scary moments in it. It's a good way, especially, really. especially with the female de- demographic or anything like that. You know, if your daughter wanted to watch, Ghostbusters like, well, maybe I'll show her this one. And then all of a sudden that film leads to Ghostbusters one leads to Ghostbusters two leads to the real Ghostbusters leads to I now have my own flight suit. And I'm going to conventions 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. You never know where it's going to come from. Um, No, agreed. And that's something I like to encourage. And that's why, you know, I encourage contests and the activities and such because getting people to interact a little bit helps make that fandom a little more real for them. Yeah. And I, it's kind of funny because my, I, my niece is, uh, you know, she's about five at this point and I have (laughs) cut this point where I was like, when can I show my niece Ghostbusters and I don't get to see her very often. I like literally didn't see her through the, the entire pandemic. They were on the opposite side of the country for me. So I don't, you know, I get to see them on webcam more than I ever get to see them face to face. And so, um, <laughs> my niece started getting into like witches and magic and, you know, that kind of stuff that was spooky. And about like, she was like three and a half, four. She was like, I like magic. I like witches. I like this. You're like, okay, cool, whatever. And then, she had a birthday party where I found out from her on the phone. I was like, what are you doing? She was like, we're making slime. And I was like, oh, you're making slime. And she's like, yeah, I made slime. And then I said, cool. Well, what are you doing this weekend? She's like having birthday party. And I said, oh, well, what are you having for your birthday party? She said, well, um, we're going to have cake. And I said, yeah, what kind of cake are you going to have? And she goes, I don't know. Maybe it will have slime decorations. And I Ooh. called my sister and I was like, I texted my sister after this phone conversation. I was like, I just wanted to say this now. I did not plant this slime thing in your kid's head. Like she's <laughs> just decided you should make a slime themed birthday cake. And she was like, well, that's nice. She's getting butterflies because that's what's happening. And I was like, okay, cool. But at the same time, I was just like, hey, you should just know, like the real Ghostbusters cartoon is now out on Amazon prime. Yep. Like, and you have that. And then I, you know, like I said, it's not, there's not a lot of women in it. Like Janine's in it though. I was like, but you know, I think it might be a thing that she would kind of watch and get into, you know, let's see what she says. And the next time I talked to her on the phone, she's like, I watched four of the ghostbusters. And I was like, Oh really? And she's like, yes, but then it wouldn't let me watch more. And I said, why? <laughs> and my sister's like the parental controls came up for some reason after like episode five. I was like, oh, okay. So, all of this, all of this long winded stories to say like your 
great your fan like your fan club group has suddenly become far more relevant to me at a personal level because I'm like, oh, I can take the stuff that you've got as PDFs and I can put it together as like a bundle and I can print it and send it to my niece and be like, here's an activity set, like, uh, you know, and send her a figure that I've got here. It's an extra. And it's like, oh, like my uncle, who's a weird Ghostbusters fan, sent me Ghostbusters crap. right? Yep. And I get to sort of participate in her appreciation and enjoyment of like Ghostbusters. But it's at the same time, if like I wanted to tell my sister, like, hey, print out these files. And you've got coloring book sheets and you've got word searches and stuff for her to do as a kid who's like a newer learner or newer reader. Like there's content there. Mm -hmm. So like, I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you for producing that stuff, because I think that, you know, that there's there's not a lot out there that's oriented towards like it's weird to say this, but I feel like there's not a lot that's out there oriented towards kids when it comes to our fandom content production. Like there's toys, there's games, there's all those things. but we tend to be designing and like thinking and talking most about like what a bunch of grown people in their thirties and forties need. That's true. <laughs> I mean, a good example of that is the, uh, when afterlife came out, there was the mod wand, the MOD. Yeah. Now, uh, now I'm sure people bought it for their kids and I've seen them at convention booths and things like that, <laughs> but a good chunk of the franchise was like, well, I could spray paint that black and put it on my spirit <laughs> pack and take out the electronics. And, you know, Hasbro was catering to both and they, they hit it on the nail with stuff like that. Hey, this went so far as Ben Eady, who worked on Afterlife doing, you know, like uh, special effects work on Afterlife. Mm -hmm. He had a short lived series on the Ghostbusters social media channels called Maker Mondays. And one of them was literally him retrofitting the, the Kenner or the Hasbro PKE meter that they put out for Afterlife and being like, here's how to take it apart and replace the LEDs with yep. things that are red and spray painted yep. black. <laughs> so <laughs> there's so much energy put into taking kids stuff and making it suitable for adults in our yep. fans and our fandom. Yep. But it doesn't necessarily go the other way all the time, I think, you know. <laughs> no, I actually I actually tried to reach out to Ben. All the, uh, I don't know, a month after he did that video and see if I could, uh, maybe he's listening too, um, get him <laughs> to work on one of those for a giveaway down the line. Um, I actually did what he did. Now, I don't, I'm not an ele electronics guy, but I followed yeah. his path on taking it apart and painting it and weathering it and such. Um, and I took the club members on a little bit of a, a trip with that. I showed the photos of the stages, things like that. Right. I did the same thing with my sons with an old Kenner trap. Nice. You know, I bought one, I found it at the flea market. It was like 20 bucks. It was missing the handle and it wouldn't open with the pedal anymore. Well, my buddy Tom from TCU has a 3D printer and he printed me out a handle and I said, okay. The boys and I are going to do this. We're going to turn that Kenner trap into a movie style trap. And nice. um, I took photos of it and I, I try to keep, I, I really don't put a lot of personal stuff on the club. I try and make it more about the fandom itself and you know, the yeah. message. But again, that's Which to be fair. That's why I didn't draw these, <laughs> didn't connect these dots it, until it, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's okay. You know, I have, we're going to talk about the outlets that I, you know, I don't want to say exploit myself more, but, you know, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more known for uh, 
But we wouldn't it, want you exploiting yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was just waiting to see if you take the bait. Um, the that's something that you can do. I mean, it's funny how we talk about the spirit pack is a good example. Yeah. I have seen some amazing things what people have done to the spirit pack. Yeah, and I for themselves or for their kids right. due to the size, yep. uh, the eighty percent. Same thing with the Hasbro blue packs that came out two mm-hmm. years ago. You think about, you know, I, I kind of think about, um, and I'm Pinewood Derby cars. Yes. From Scouts. They give yes. you the kit and yep. you and your dad or your mom, your uncle, whoever, <laughs> yeah. whoever, you, whoever is in your life, who's yeah. ever in your life. <laughs> you take that block of wood and you make it your own. Yep. And I think that analogy actually works really well because I saw some amazing stuff when I was a scout. Uh, this gave me flashbacks to my 89 Batman <laughs> Pinewood Derby car that had like a little uh, my dad like bought a model kit or something for the Batmobile and hacked it up to put it on the Pinewood Derby nice. car. And they were like, this breaks the rules. And I was like, I don't care. Yep. <laughs> this <Nope>. is awesome. <laughs> and I remember stuff like that, like my dad. You know, he had the workbench in the basement. He would sit there. He'd curve. He told, we'd talk about it. We'd go to the, the scout store back in the day. That was a thing. And uh, buy the decals for it. Pick out the numbers. Yeah. And, and I see that happening with some parents doing that for their kids uh, mm-hmm. or uncles or nieces, nephews, whoever. Somebody doing it for somebody. And yeah. I think that's amazing. That's a good way to be like... Well, I built I built my nephew, or in your case, for example, you built your niece a proton pack. Here you go, honey. Maybe yep. it expi- she wants something else. Maybe she wants a PKE meter down the line. And you guys work right. on that together. You know who knows? There's again bringing people together. This this fandom, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best fandoms. And bringing people together and getting new members should always be a plus. Yeah, no, I agree. I will also say that now that you've like put these two things together in my brain of the Pinewood Derby and Ghostbusters, I totally want we have to figure out how to make this happen. We got to figure out how to do like the Pinewood Ecto Raceway. Like we got to figure out like some like you bring your Ecto, your Pinewood Ecto and like, I don't know where we do this. Oh, like there's got to be some or like regional meetups. (laughs) You could you could hack up, you know, those slot car sets. You know, the, the Ecto yeah. one, you hack up one of those and put it on the Pinewood Derby car. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Do we have the classic ramp? You just <laughs> yeah. you pull the, the thing like, up and all is... the, they go down. <laughs> For real, like we didn't plan this, but I'm serious. If you're out there and you have like access to Pinewood Derby race materials, like somebody's like eat, franchises should do this. Franchises should figure out how to do like Pinewood Ecto competitions and like make that a fun thing with like a national like lead off tournament. I just, I'm like just throwing that out there. I'm going to put that in the universe. And you know, if you got the Pinewood Derby gear, you got the racetrack <laughs> in your you, city. You, you have Slimer cars, <laughs> Stay Puff cars, pink slime cars, everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the sky's the limit. I'm going to make mine be a squashed police car that was stepped on by Stay Puff. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. And when you're done, you take it home and you grab that stay puff behind you and you just put the car right underneath it and boom, it's yeah. a display piece until you need it for mine the next time. Mine might not make it to the end of the track. My, <laughs> mine might not make it to the end of the track, but it won't matter because it'll be like the most unique one there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole new thing we just created right there. 
you brought up a spirit packs though. And I think it's important to say this. Like I do have an extra spirit pack, the 80% size one. It's tucked away in my closet for maybe my niece will want this someday. I don't know because there's so much. Sometimes I think judgment about, you know, prop building that keeps people feeling insecure about coming in and doing things. And it's like, no, you got to be able to like have your first proton pack and probably have it not be the best proton pack because it's your entry point into something new and cool. And so I really appreciate the way that like you are, you know, cultivate that mentality and what you're doing. And, um, it's, it's awesome. I just, I really, I really have grown to appreciate the Moogly fan club over the time that you've had it. When it first started out, I was really like, what is this? I don't understand. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> <What's a movie? laughs> we, we, we tried to, um, I'll go into two things. We tried to cater to everybody at first. And yeah. about one year in, I decided I'm not going to post news stories anymore. You know, gotcha. oh, this just came out. This just came out. You know, we talk about Jason from Ghostbusters News or uh, Report All Ghosts or Ghostbusters Mania. There's so many news outlets out there yep. that I thought it's it's it just wasn't what I needed to do. I needed to focus on the fandom and on the community and the members. Um, so Moogly, the reason I, I chose, you know, the Moogly fan club was because Moogly throughout all of it, throughout the real Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters one, Ghostbusters two, afterlife, the real Ghostbusters, extreme Ghostbusters, the toys, the comics, all of it. Moogly is in all of it. Oh, for sure. He, and, yeah. and, and no matter what happens down the road, they could throw ice on him and they can make him look like a rusted out sign. They could have him put up two fingers, three fingers, hopefully not one finger. Uh, <laughs> he, he's going to be he's going to be around. He might not get mentioned by name. In fact, I think the only time they actually officially call him by name was in uh, Ghostbusters World, the, yeah. the mobile game. And the um, what was the 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 VR game that came out for PlayStation? Oh yeah, where where Patton Oswalt plays him and he says, "Hi, I'm Moogly." Yes, yep. From like after 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I probably I probably did know that, but I just until you like I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, because he's totally shows up in it at the beginning. Yep. And he's like, a. that's also what's weird is Patton Oswalt is going to be another Ghostbusters. Project. Yeah, People I made like, that connection Patton too. Patton Oswalt and Ghostbusters <laughs> is wrong. And you're like, Patton Oswalt's already been in Ghostbusters, just in a video game. It's <laughs> to <laughs> calm down. You know, <laughs> and uh, we yeah. talked about the, the spirit packs. My first build was a spirit pack. Um, yeah, mine too. It's his name's Icarus. And I'll, I'll go into why. Um he has a full cos- cosmetic upgrade with paint, um, sponge face kits for the cosmetic, all cosmetic. I'm not an yep. electrician guy. I'm not a good guy with wires or soldering or anything. So I told myself I'm going to keep all the stock equipment, all electronics, and it's just going to look really cool. And at the very last minute, I'm putting the tip of the, uh, the light bulb back into the wand to the, the new barrel upgrade and the wire snaps because because you know they're, they're a little bit on the thinner <laughs> it's side really yeah yep. yep so i haven't gotten it fixed yet but i, I after the pack was done i looked at him like it's awesome and i named it icarus 
because I flew so high, so high, so high. And then <laughs> boom, right back down. Well, I'll say this. You don't have to be an electrician at all to use sponge vases kits. That's all, I, mm-hmm. that's all I've used. And if you can take, you know, two wires and twist them together and use some electrical tape, you can <laughs> you can make the internals of a proton pack work with a sponge face kit. And if you buy JST connectors, you can probably plug it all together, honestly. But God, I yeah, didn't think I didn't think of that. Difficult. Thanks for making me feel like, like, why didn't I use electrical tape? (sighs) No, it's fine. Or you could use electrical connectors. But like, the point is that like his boards, right, are so easy to use that now even with a Spengler wand, Mm -hmm. you can just, and that was something that I think about, that's my favorite thing. I'll say this, like one of my favorite things about pack building community and the mod making community is that we will see something come out at retail in the Ghostbusters community and someone will go, well, it doesn't work with blank. And someone goes, hold my beer. Yep. <laughs> and then yep. Disappears for like three months, comes back and goes, look what I got. And you're like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. How hard is it to use? And they're like, oh, it's not really. Here's a documentation. Um, here's a video on YouTube about how to put it together and use it and go. And, and to be fair, Spongeface is the person whose kits I've bought for many years because that was who I knew from GB fans. But, you know, Frank and geek has puts out stuff as well. Like other folks are building and creating kits at this point like that, that make a spirit pack an amazing entry point. And some people I've, you know, heard go, why would you spend hundreds of dollars, you know, modifying that? Like I did because it was cheaper at the Mm -hmm. time than me building a brand new pack. A HasLab pack wasn't an option in that reality yet. And there wasn't a full size pack option for me other than like to go be disappointed by a Novos, um, (laughs) or to, to, to go, you know, fabricate my own materials. And at that time in an apartment where I couldn't do that. And so I always say this, like, as much as I see people throw shade at spirit packs, I'm like, why? Especially now with a full size one, because that is an, an easy entry point for someone yep. to come into the fandom. And yep. that's no, so was the HasLab pack, quite frankly. It's kind of why they made it what they made it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like, yep. yeah, I have, I have the HasLab pack. It was a no brainer for me yeah. when it came out. I have, I actually bought two. The other one's just sitting I did pack, too. packed away forever. <laughs> um, pun, yeah. pun intended. <laughs> that's called my, that pack is called my, why did I do this pack? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one that's you know, packed away forever. <laughs> I yeah. bought some upgrade materials, you know, that slip cover, that yellow slip cover upgrade. Yeah. Some GB fans upgrades. And then I went to start with some grip covers from my first, God, I wish I had his name. Uh, he made these awesome 3D printed grip covers that cover. Oh, I know up, what you're talking about. You know, I can't remember his name either. God, I want to say his name's Ryan, but I, I don't want to say the wrong person but it made it look more like an 84 pack without having to like cut it up aside from that yeah. tape on the back i thought it was genius um and then I, I sat and i looked at it and i said i can't do it the toy collector in me <laughs> couldn't do it <laughs> and now it's sitting next to me in its per factory stage but then the, the, the you know i was on the fence about the life-size spirit one because i have Three spirit packs, 80%. I have a Gen 1 and a, honestly, a Gen 2 and a Gen 3. Uh, yeah. Just sitting in my basement because I have plans for, I want to do some Universal Studios versions with them. Nice. Um, but then the I, I had the coupon from Spirit. I'm like, let's get the life-size one. Let's do it. So it's sitting <laughs> in my basement ready for me to finish cleaning out my garage so I can have a workbench and start working on it. Eventually, your house sounds happen. like my house, but without with without a basement because I don't have a basement. Um, but I 
there's no basement here to store proton packs in. And so there's, there's currently a moratorium on proton packs. Mm -hmm. No more are allowed. There's no more space for that, but, um, yeah, that's okay. We don't need more proton pack right now. Nope. Nope. I just need time to work on it. Ecto one. One (laughs) twelve Ecto one that really rolls. It's the one thing we need everybody. Um, well, let's talk for a few minutes about uh, patches and pins, because like this is something that I was not really aware of until we started to get to know each other a little more that um, y- I mean, I knew that you were doing some patch and pin designs and whatnot. And I knew that you were like when we started talking, I kind of pieced together and went, oh, you're also the person who's working with Crystal with, you know, sort of the generic Crystal design stuff. And then we got into talking about how like you've done things for Hook and Ladder 8. So. Tell, tell me more about like how, what, where did you start like or how did you get started with making Ghostbusters patches and pins? Okay, uh, it's my one of my favorite. This is my passion in the hobby, in the whole fandom. It's my passion. Uh, so I'm a graphic designer. Um, I've been a designer for about twenty years, and after finding the Facebook patch and pin group, while I was looking for custom name tags for myself. I saw all these franchise patches that I had no idea were out there. You know, Texas, Chicago, Florida, you know, all these different other countries. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, I never thought about designing with Ghostbusters. Um, So it started off with, yes, have some, ironically. They had posted a video of... They they had dug up the Universal Studios infomercial that played oh, yeah. in the ride and in the pre-show. You know, be a <laughs> yeah. Ghostbuster, the <laughs> Moogly's pointing towards you and all that. And I watched that and I had this idea. And that became my first patch where I recreated that logo in the Universal Studios retro color scheme. With all the neon gotcha. and the Florida underneath it. And I put it out there. To, I was looking for someone to make it. And Crystal came to me and said, I can do this for you. And uh, the she talked me through the process and everything. And she proposed something that I had never thought of. Because you know, money was tight at the time. I had no idea what patches cost um right so of course you know i talked to like three people i saw all the numbers and um she offered a service which i'll talk about a little bit later with the generic crystal stuff and we made the patch and the patch pre-order went up and everybody liked it as it's it, so it sold out pretty fast and there was enough left over for me to have some and i was like okay Okay, I I like this. I had already started working. I had already started working on another one, which had ended up being my uh, WDWGB, which was my uh, Moogly wearing ears while eating a mouse bar, if you will. I don't know if we. I don't know if we can say that that word. In the podcast, we said, can we, can we yeah. say that without anybody getting upset at us? Uh, well, I I think that you might be talking about something that rhymes with. Um, Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that might be it. Your mic was a little muffled, but I think that could have been it. Uh, yeah. So, and then after that, because I'm a, I'm a theme park fanatic. I love Florida theme parks. A lot of years going as a kid, family vacations. You know, getting the family trucks there and head out. 
Um, nice. And then after that, I was approached by um, Crystal to do a kind of unique project. Um, in 2008, and this is 2018, I've been a patch designer since mid to late 2018. Um, Crystal had this idea to fundraise for Ladder 8. She, um, because we had worked in the past, she had said, hey, listen, I'm thinking of doing this uh, fundraiser for them. Here's my sketch. Do you want to go in on this? And I said, sure. Why not? Who's going to turn that down? So she she sent me her sketches and I worked it up. And that became the first Ladder 8 coin. Okay. So the project was a fundraising coin dedicated to Lieutenant Halloran, who had passed on 9-11. We put a pre-order up for the coins. And for every coin that was sold, one would be sent to the firehouse. Right. And all the money would be sent to uh, 9-11 survivors, for families, for firefighters. I can't remember exactly what the, the charity was. But um, just to give the context for folks who may not know, Vincent Halloran was a firefighter who was among the first responders who was uh, at uh, the 9-11 ground zero on 9-11, who was actually captured in a documentary uh, going to the firehouse or going to the scene. And he was one of the firefighters who was actually stationed at hook and ladder eight. And so that kind of that connection for folks who may not know that mm-hmm. backstory. Yeah. And, I, and I was honored for the project. I, I couldn't, I loved the idea. So I believe when it was all said and done, we had sold 50 coins, which meant 50 were going to the firehouse for all, everybody uh, on site. And uh, it was, we drafted a beautiful letter. She did a great job explaining what the project was, all the franchise logos for everybody that donated towards it. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was a beautiful thing. And after that moment, we kind of just kept going with projects. Uh, fast forward to today, I myself have designed over, uh, probably over 120 different items in nice. the, last, the last five years. Now that includes <laughs> <Wow>. stuff <laughs> that me and Crystal have done, various franchises, or for some people have personal logos that I've worked on for them. Um, I have designed a couple series of pins for GB fans. I designed their Firehouse series, their Plasm series, which was based on the ectoplasm tubes. Yeah, with mystery those ghosts. are awesome. And yep. they're, along with Jeremy Marks, another designer in the community, their uh, Stay Puff collection, which, you know, it had yeah. mini puffs, the the label from the bag, the bag itself, uh, mm-hmm. Stay Puff by himself, you know. It's amazing the creativity that can go into some of this stuff. Uh, and I, like I said, I fell in love with it immediately. immediately. I love, I love doing point- it. What's what is the process like for you if you're doing a new pin like because I, I don't know anything about this, I'll be honest. And so it's like one of those things where I'm fascinated because um, I see so many people doing pins and I'm like, how do you even do that? <laughs> like, is oh, that yeah, like, no. do you, yeah. So there it comes down to two things, a couple of things. One is inspiration. 
um, what do you look at at the moment that it, it makes you want to have this in your hand? You know, for me, I'll go into a, a story about the uh, ecto cooler bottles that we did from Afterlife. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was at the premiere in New York. I actually designed the coin that was given away by Yes Have Some and GB fans for the event. And um, when we I were there, I did not we, know you designed that either. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. I I <laughs> took amazing. care of the uh, of that for them. Yeah, you know, it was f- <laughs> funny because they AJ told me I got this project for you. I can't really tell you what it is. Do you, do you have time to do it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then he drops that in my. Th- I'm like, oh, okay, yep. <laughs> and then uh, he. So when we were there, we were all shocked to have bottles of ecto cooler in our hands and i'm sitting there in the theater just watching the movie and of course i haven't opened the bottle and uh, my buddy tom from tcu and dan from the buffalo ghostbusters we were all kind of just sitting there together just for a second in one of the hotel rooms and we had this toast we opened up the bottles and we just had this one quick toast. I had one sip out of it. It was fantastic. And I knew when I got home, I wanted to try and make this memory last forever. That's amazing. So I did a little research. I scanned my bottle in. I, you have to know the mediums for pins, um, you know, designing for a pin and designing for a patch can be two different monsters because sure. of uh, substrate requirements. You know, you can only make a line in a pin or a coin so thin, you know, cause it goes on a mold and it gets stamped right. and stamped and stamped. Right. Right. And if it's so thin, it could break and you know, then mm-hmm. you're screwed or, um, you know, or, the, or it's just going to be unclear or you can't fill it in with the material. Uh, so once you have the idea, get it down, and then just try and make it work. You know, it's, it's funny. It's, it's amazing what you can come up with when it's something that you're really passionate about. So then are you taking those designs to like an outside pin maker who produces this stuff and you're getting that back? Like how does, like, I guess that's where do you, oh, your, you're going to trade secret stuff like, now, trade secret stuff. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So, so I have a partner, uh, we, you know, Crystal, and she has her contacts for manufacturing gotcha. and, you know, I'll send her her design sometimes and she, you know, she'll send it to them and they'll go, no, you can't do this. It's not possible. Not possible. And me, I always push the envelope as much as I can, <laughs> as much as I can try. I've done patches that have 3d elements in them. I've had gradients in there. I've done sorts of stuff that, and I've, we've been the first to do this kind of thing, you know, or we combine method A with method B. And all of a sudden now we have a new thing that didn't exist style wise. Gotcha. So there's a, there's a lot that goes in. There's a lot of planning, you know, there's will, you know, you have to wonder, will I be able to sell this? Do people want this or is it just something I'm trying to make for me? Right. Um, Are you, you know, willing to take that chance that it flounders and sometimes that happens you know i've designed i've designed a few things where i wanted it myself 
and nobody else wanted it. So we made it, we made it in a t- tiny quantity or it didn't get made. Right. And then a year later, someone's asking, you still have any of these? Do you still have any of these? And it's always funny. It's like, no, funny. you know, you should have taken advantage when I was offering it up. Now I have to ask you, cause I'm thinking about this. Did you do the hot bread pin for YHS too? Nope. I did their fifth anniversary pin, the VHS tape. And then I did their, this was back on with universal stuff. Cause it was during the, the 30th anniversary. The yes have some logo in the universal nineties logo. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Funny story with that. So I already told you they posted the video of from universal which I yeah. used to make my universal patch. Right. Now, when the yes, have some crew went to fan fest in California. Yeah. They picked up my patch and recognized it as the logo from that video, <laughs> which in turn had Craig looking for me. <laughs> right. And then I did something for them. So it was a, a little bit of back right. and forth there, which I thought was That's always funny. funny. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of amusing. I've made a lot of friends in the community, which is something that we all are buying with each other. We're always trading with each other. You know, I could count the times where I've talked to Jeremy or Carolyn or Chad and gone, yeah, I'm going to need one of those. Either let me know how much, <laughs> either let me know how much I owe you or do you, do I have anything that you need to, yeah. from my collection? Uh, which is a big thing for us because when we started generic crystal designs, um, we wanted to make it clear that we aren't some overseas company, just give us your art and we'll make pins out of it. Right. We're fans first who are active in the community. We don't just buy, buy, Mm -hmm. buy or sell, sell, sell. We're buying, we're trading, you know, we're always willing to work with people. And uh, which brings me to one of the, the services I was mentioning earlier with Crystal. So here I am, my first patch. She tells me it's going to be, let's say, 200 bucks for 100 of them. I don't have mm-hmm. the money. She says something that changes my life in the patch world at that instant. She goes, let's do a pre-order. No risk to you. Let's see if we can raise the money for your patches and see how right. much out, out of pocket you'd have to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, okay, there's, there's not really a risk in that. Right. You no. Know, and if you don't make the amount you need for the pre-order, you don't produce the patch. That's it's right. Just, that's how it goes. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that wasn't the first time I've ever pre-ordered or had, you know, I knew what a pre-order was, but to see it sure. happen in the community, it was just, it amazed me. It amazed me. It's like, yeah, we're making a hundred of these. They're 10 bucks a piece. You know, we need 50 of them to get it going or whatever. And it just, it blew my mind that she was willing to, to a put in that work. And that's still something that we offer to people. Um, where if, you know, some of the smaller franchises are maybe looking for maybe really five, six patches enough for their members that they need. Right. But, you know, when it comes time to manufacturing anything, the more you order is usually the cheaper option. The less it costs. Yeah. Yeah, Per unit. Yeah. And we have a good minimum. It's like 
50 or 25, depending on uh, the specs of the job. But she and I are always willing to help as much as we can. You know, she'll post, let's just say there was the Georgia Ghostbusters and they want their patch done. They only need six of them. Okay, well, let's say the minimum is 25. Let's see if we can get you to 25. That way, these pins are actually, these patches are no cost to you. You get what you want. Some other folks uh, are able to get something for their collection and you gain a little bit of exposure at the same time. Right. Yep. Which is something that I actually wanted to incorporate into the Moogly Cub. I, every year, we have a instant collection charity raffle. Where, <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> um, where I encourage franchises, groups, designers from all over the fandom to send me patches, stickers, trading right. cards, coins, pins, whatever they want to send, and however much they want to send. And we raffle it off at the end of the year for charity. I always loved the idea of as many groups coming together to do something good that i mean last year or the first year we did it we had 131 items in that raffle we raised um 800 bucks nice the next year last last year we had over 200 items in the raffle (laughs) raised 950 bucks Nice. That's awesome. To this day, the club has raised $2,010 in a little over two years. That's nice. Um, No, I think think it's great. I was was happy for anything because here's me, just this guy with a logo going, hey, raffle tickets are, you know, five bucks a piece, (laughs) three for 10, you know, and I try to be very transparent. Look, the pile's now up to 50 items, 70 items, 100 items, you know. You can't beat that value. I mean, even right now, <laughs> I posted in the club that somebody had just sent us, Great Falls had just sent us a patch for the raffle. And I got nice. three messages immediately. Um, you got the same address. We want to send stuff. You know, let me know where to send it to. And it's amazing to see some of the stuff that comes in. It's tempting because I'm like, I don't have this one. So I have to reach out to them. Out, <laughs> I have to reach out to them outside and be like, hey, do you trade? I need I need this one. And usually but they're I think all, it's like, I think it's good, though. Like you're like, I'm not, you know, I want to figure out how I can get one. Can we trade one? Can I buy one? Like, let's keep flowing because like uh, this is important. I think that for folks listening out there, if you're like, wow, patch patch making is something like you can go on a website and go do. So how hard really is it? Like not when you're trying to be respectful of other fans and their IP, it's kind of hard. Um, cause one of the things that I know that you all have like seen happen, um, that we've all seen happen in the fandom is people who will go and take patches and pin ideas. They take them to a company to have them produced, or maybe to an, a person who is on eBay under like, I don't know, hypothetically a handle like Dogara seven. Um, and, uh, (laughs) and the next thing you know, you give your patch idea to somebody like, Hey, here's our franchise patch. Um, and it's your branding, right? That's who you is like, to you, it's important as your branding represents who your group is and sort of the identity of, even if it's just your six people. And then you find that that's being resold by somebody else. Just like, Hey, you could just buy it. And so to me, it's like having folks inside the community 
who are aware of kind of like navigating not just the materials issues and the manufacturing issues, but also sort of like the social um, and IP management issues. Cause like, this is a weird thing to think about, right? Like mm-hmm. and I'm, you can comment on this. I'm sure. No, no I trust I, me. I know where you're going. Everybody. I joke about this sometimes. Everybody's like, that's our logo. And I'm like, eh, well, it is until Sony decides it isn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's oh. realistically, we're all borrowing a logo. Yep. Right. And so the ability for anybody to even go like, like leverage some sort of claim and be like, our IP is being stolen by some companies producing our patches is pretty infinitesimal because our IP is kind of a variation and a parody and a spin on. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's, I get asked, I get asked that more than you, you'd think, you know, how can you make these patches? How can you do this? How can you do that? And it's always, there's this unspoken rule or a, relationship between ghostbusters fans and sony you know they've of course nobody wants to break any laws or anything like that sure. um, and i'm not a lawyer so i don't give advice don't take that as that way um but <laughs> you know you can't deny that sony is very into the community let's not forget they created ghost corpse the building and sure. in ghost corpse are walls of display cases covered in franchise (laughs) patches. And you have to think that everybody that each one of those patches probably got there with an envelope with a return address on it. (laughs) And there were, there were no cease and desist sent to that person. Um, And I try, when, when Crystal and I do a patch, let's just say you come up to us with your logo and you go, Hey, I want to get, patches made of this and we have leftovers okay well we don't sell your leftovers right you know you're they they you're either we end up probably keeping some for each one of us for our collection you know especially if i work on it whenever i work on a (laughs) whenever i work on a patch with somebody i always let them know hey it's x amount of dollars and two patches you know, right. Like, I, I want this for my portfolio, my collection. Right. I have, like I'm I have designing a, this. Yeah. I, have a, I have a binder full of patches and there's, trust yeah. me, there's a feeling that you get when you see your artwork and you can hold it in your hands in a physical form. Yeah. And I love giving that to people because the messages we get with, oh, this turned out great or I can't believe it looks this good. I mean, that's stuff that sits with you for a while and it makes you want to keep sure. going. Um, you know, we do have our own stuff that we do that we... You know, if we if we made a hundred of them and we only sold seventy, and it's you know generic crystal originals, yes, we you know we'll sell them on the uh, to whoever didn't get a chance to get them the first time. You right. Know, we. But you're respectful of like franchise, what I'll call franchise IP, even though a yep. lawyer might not. Yep. No, <laughs> right? you know, that makes um, sense. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's a lot of research that actually goes into it. It's funny because a very com- let's let's just. You know, for example, let's just say I was the um, give me a state. Give me any state. I don't care. Uh, California, California. Let's say I'm the California. <laughs> let's say I'm the California Ghostbusters. You can't be the California Ghostbusters. There's like 47 groups or something. You're not Florida. Um, Calm let's down. go with. 
Here, we'll give you one that's like more like, let's go with Wyoming. All right, fine. <laughs> Wyoming. Let's just say you come to me and you say, hey, listen, I got a group called the Wyoming Ghostbusters or the, you're the South Side Wyoming Ghostbusters or a variation. You're, you're a the Laramie friend. Wyoming Ghostbusters. Yes, yes. You're, you're, you're a spinoff group. You're, you're doing your own thing. And you say, listen, I want to do a patch that has Mowgli in the state of Wyoming. Okay, well, I don't just do that. There's a lot of research involved. I go and that right. franchise map actually helped out a lot um, because I want to see first off, has that been done? And if they have done it, what can I do so that you get what you want? You're not stepping on somebody's toes and nobody's getting upset. <laughs> yeah, because I've in the five years I've been doing this, I've only had one person claim they that i did something that didn't know it's their logo and it was it was on me because i didn't do the research that time but i gave the customer exactly what they wanted they had right. they, they were extremely specific what they wanted and i wasn't aware that there was another franchise that had something like that um i was probably working on it between two different jobs or something because all this patch stuff and everything is uh Sure. It's like yeah, a yeah. hobby for me. It's a, it's a side hobby. Right. It's a side and, hustle. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I don't mean like this, like side hustle, like you're being paid and you're making tons of money. I just mean like it's side work and that you're deciding oh, I, I, I wish you we appreciate were getting, it. I wish we were getting banked for that. No, no. Uh, I mean, I joke, I joked about this a couple weeks ago with somebody who was like, well, you get that extra plasma money. And I was like, oh, you mean the negative contributions to my bank account of paying for hosting and, yep. <laughs> like, yep. and, and my negative contributions yep. on labor for time spent? Yeah, yeah no, it, I do this because I love it. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing with Crystal and I, we, she has a little boy. We, actually both got into this hobby because um both of our you know she had a son with medical bills and i had a son that had medical bills at the, around the same time and we used the money from other projects to help with those bills gotcha. um, that's why the giving back and always being able to work with people is a big thing for us um so you know there's been times where we've gone into the red with stuff. There's been times where it's black. There's been times where we, you know, it's gone into the green. Uh, you know, you never know. But like I said, that feeling of having some, sometimes I got a, I got a client that uh, has this awesome design and uh, I was, I was so proud of it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, the guy couldn't just pull the trigger on it just because he didn't have the funds. He was down on his luck. And the design is still just sitting there in limbo. And I keep hoping for the day he's going to tell me like, let's do this. Let's do it. Let's do it just to bring it to right. life. Um, and there's more, I, there's tons of those kind of things where I design something for somebody and all of a sudden mm, I never hear from that again. Yeah, don't forget to give me those two patches. Oh sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then they disappear. Usually it's not the case, but uh yeah. Sometimes it happens because, you know, I like I like to have them in hand and it also allows me to charge less money for them. You know, I'm I'm right. nowhere near the expensive side. I'm probably on the cheaper end just because I enjoy doing this so much. Right. Um, I used to have a, a file on my desktop. It had like 15 pins or logos or something like that. I'd be like, OK, I should send it to Crystal. I'd be like. Uh, you want to do any of these? You want to do any of these? 
<laughs> uh, maybe we'll do this one. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, a good example would have been with the uh, Spirits Unleashed game. Yes. We did the, uh, the Tobin's patch. Yeah. And I saw Very it cool. right away and I was like, oh, when they put patches in the game, I'm like, oh, God. I know I have to do something. I have to do something. <laughs> and um, I, you know, looking at tiny screenshots and all this stuff, I recreated it, the gold lettering and stuff. Super proud of it. And then uh, Jeremy Marks ended up doing his raise patch. And then Johnny Ruckus did the pin set, which right. I have. And I, I love them. Did a fantastic job on him. Uh, Pinset confused me because I was covering it and talking about how it was going to come out like one at a time. And then it was like the next episode. It was like, by the way, all of the pins are out. They're just <laughs> all shipped. You can have them all now. <laughs> I, I, I loved them. I built a custom cork board for him. No, he really knocked it out of the park. And yeah, they're very nice. I did yep. not pick those up and I sometimes regret it because they're pretty cool. So, oh, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The. Uh, he did fantastic work on it. And we're actually going to be doing uh, the entire set in patch form. Of, uh, of all the Spirits Unleashed yep. uh, p- patches? Yep. We're nice. going to be doing them two at a time. A uh, little, little smaller than the Tobin's one. Probably closer to the Ray's size. And we're going to get the set out to everybody. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to get those because I, I admit that I, I have played way 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 too much of that game in my life and i had gotten away from it for a little while and was like i'm gonna play less of it and then they put out the dlc and i'm like i'm back baby yep yep (laughs) trust me i was playing with my buddy dan till one o'clock last night um (laughs) but yeah so you know there's always something in the cooker we're always you know either helping somebody out franchises groups um i've tried to think of something for something else i'm a part of the um the book club i'm in at the moment with buffalo and yeah i definitely want to talk about this you're you're getting to my next topic of conversation which i mean maybe we should have talked about we talked about the moogly fan club because it is a moogly fan club sponsored kind of thing but i'm just for folks who've heard me talk about this in the last couple episodes like eric is also involved in the Buffalo Ghostbusters Moogly Fan Club collaborative book club discussions with James Green, who was the author of A uh, Convenient Parallel Dimension, the book that we had him on to talk about a few months ago on the podcast. Uh, if you haven't heard that episode, you can go back and check out that episode with James as well. But you all are talking to him like regularly now on Sunday nights, like chapter by chapter about the book, right? That's how you right. kind of do this. So that was a perfect way to say it. So the podcast is called, uh, or the discussion is called a convenient parallel discussion. It stars me, uh, James, the author of the book, and it's got some great guys from the Buffalo Ghostbusters. We have Brent, Daniel, Josh, Justin, uh, me. I'm kind of the outside guy. Chris, we all do. It's so much fun, so much fun. And it's a great opportunity. Um, because honestly, I couldn't remember the last time I read a book first off and uh, <laughs> like, like an actual like hard copy book. Um, so when Dan from Buffalo and Dan and I are really close, I do a lot of design work for Ghostbusters Day. Um, the, yeah. pat, the patches that get done for that, the the sign with the band. So you made you made the awesome the, the yeah, the sign with the band aid and the uh, the slime mugs. Yep. 
the, that was me or, or the ther- the thermal mug patches those were you that's awesome yep. um, see these are all things i've talked this is where i'm like you listen to the podcast and like you hear me talk about the things that you're making and i'm like i don't even say your name because i'm like this is coming out from these other people from buffalo ghostbusters and meanwhile you're the person who designed it so yeah, thank no, you for putting no, all okay. those amazing things in the world if i wanted to shout my name out i would have um <laughs> but you know it was when dan and dan and i are, are good friends uh we connected ironically over a patch design and um after that it was just you know history as they say and you know he told me you know we're starting a book club would you like to be in it and i was like okay and then we said let's try and get the author and then okay we can do that too <laughs> and james was all for it. james i i can't stress enough how how awesome of a guy he is for sitting in a room as computer listening to us discuss his book for 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> and he's open to everything. Uh, yeah. So he was really awesome when he was on Extraplasm. He was like really easy to talk to and eager to talk about the book and like to share even more stuff behind the scenes of what he wrote, you know, mm-hmm. sort of. So I imagine I, I did get a chance to tune into one of those, but I haven't had the chance to check on all of them yet. Oh, you get um, to hear some like y'all having a very cool conversation. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll get to hear some fun stuff. I mean, it's such a great group of guys that are discussing this whole thing and, and this book itself. I can't stress how different it is from every Ghostbusters book I've, I've read, you know, they all, all the official books that pretty much say the same thing over and over and over again. And you got James going into some nitty gritty stuff that I've, I've learned so much already. And it's something that I've, I've heard from most of the guys. I didn't know this. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know that there's a lot of learning going on in that discussion. Um, that it's, I've said it's several so times, my favorite section of that book, my favorite section of that book is the section on Ray Parker Jr. Oh uh, God. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the development of the theme song. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God. The last we've had. Wow. Should there's some interesting stuff in there. I wish you could hear the uh, the B-roll <laughs> stuff, the stuff after we're done filming, um, because the oh, the Ray Parker Jr. stuff alone. I mean, the Alessi brothers talk discussion, uh, the, the whole Huey Lewis thing. Even when you get further into the book, you find out that they didn't want Ray Parker Jr. involved as much in the second one. You know, how can we use his theme as little as possible? <laughs> you know, cause he made so much money from the first one with his contract that they were like, nah, 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 nah. Uh, so yeah, we're learning a lot. Hey. We're having fun discussing it. Uh, every Sunday right now we have, I think this week we're doing a bye week I'm not sure yet, so don't quote me, but, uh, we have three episodes left. We do two chapters every time and, uh, it's a lot of fun. Where are you doing it? So folks can find it. So. If you follow the Moogly Fan Club or the Buffalo Ghostbusters, there's a live feed on Facebook every Sunday. And then afterwards, Buffalo has it hosted on a series of platforms like Spotify. I think iTunes might have it as well, but don't quote me on that. So it's like listed as a podcast out there. You can probably find it in a podcast catcher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the cool thing to know for folks. So like if, if you, you know, you're already subscribing to this podcast, you want to hear more about what's going on with James's James, the James Green book, and you want to follow along with it and read with it. You totally can. I'll also throw this out there. If you're an audio person, 
Um, I, I don't know if I'm, I don't know like whether or not James gets paid the same compensation if people do this versus if they buy his book in print. But I have said for a while that there is an audiobook version of that yes. book um, and that you can grab it. Like I listened to it on probably 1.5 X and then <laughs> went back to the text version to confirm things as I wanted to find out more or look at footnotes. And so I was like, oh, where did that come from? But um, that to me, like that would be an ideal way to listen to this would be to say, listen to a chapter of the book and then grab the episode that fits along with the chapter of the book and go like a deep dive into each chapter as you went. It would be a really interesting and cool way to do it if you can't for some reason, like participate live. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Quick thing. Uh, you know, we this is one of those this is one of those occasions where I have to mention that uh, we're doing this just for fun. You know, there's there's nothing yeah. behind it. You know, nobody's trying to. We, of course, help hope that it always helps promote James in the book because it is so awesome. But you're literally listening to a group of guys have fun talking about a book for 45 minutes. Yeah. No, I, I'm tuning in. It seems pretty interesting and pretty cool. And I would suggest, you know, encourage people to go check it out because, um, you know, while that book is not like an official release from Sony and it doesn't have their stamp of approval, it's very much an, unauthor an unauthorized history. Uh, it presents some interesting facts and tidbits that, you know, you probably wouldn't get anywhere else. Hey, so I'm noticing that there's like some fireworks or something going off in the background behind you. So we should just warn people now, because when the finale happens, whatever that is in a minute, we're going to think you got killed. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a my new home came with a new fair, too. So we have a school about three or four blocks behind us and they're doing a carnival right now and fireworks are going off. So it might sound like I'm getting Know, shot at by cannons or somebody's trying to knock down my door but i promise i am safe i am okay as of this recording Look, it's a podcasting first it's a podcasting first this is the first fireworks on extraplasm no oh, i wish you would have stayed for the end that would have been fantastic <laughs> no that's what I'm, like we're gonna we're gonna now just have to listen to the whole fireworks show just so we can get to the end and record the finale yep and then <laughs> we'll edit that in and at the same time, we can just yell, clear the building. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's ghost busting going on in the background. Just ignore that. Yeah. There's a class six back there. Just, just, yeah, it's bad. Well, it's, it's the ghost popper. This is what the, the yes. authentic screen accurate ghost yes. popper sounds like. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Love it. <laughs> Drives That's both amazing. kids and animals crazy. It's perfect. That's great. Um, I'm, I really, as much as, you know, we kind of got distracted by fireworks for a minute. I really think that the book thing that you all are doing, the book discussion is so cool. Um, it's not really often that you get to have like a ongoing conversation with an author no. um, and have no. them come back and talk about it. It's not something you get to do very often. And like I said, James has been, he's been very accessible to folks who've engaged him. I know he was on like GB fans when he, when the book came out and letting people know it was there. And it was kind of amusing because people would offer up commentary and criticism about the book, thinking that somebody was just like posting a public relations, -y kind of, Hey, fans of ghostbusters, this is out. And then he would be like, yeah, I, I wrote about that in the book. <laughs> and he would comment yeah. back to them. And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Get in the conversation, <laughs> stand by your book. That's great. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's been yeah. great. I mean, I haven't really been like, up until like five, six years ago, I wasn't really active in the community. I mean, if you go on my Facebook page, you won't find a scroll's worth of Ghostbusters fans and right. members there. You know, I'm 
I've got my dedicated friends and all of that good stuff. Yeah. And eventually people make their way in like Dan from Buffalo or Tom from TCU uh, after a while or AJ from GB fans, you know, they started off as clients and all of a sudden now they're friends. Right. Same thing with the Buffalo crew. So, um, I, in those five, six years, I've been able to do some fun stuff like the, um, the afterlife premiere that was one of the best things I've done ever. Uh, I said it when it came, when it happened, I said, my daughter was set to be due, you know, that next following year. I'm like, aside from my daughter being born, this is the, <laughs> one of the coolest things I've ever done. You know, um, the hook and ladder eight, you know, I mentioned the, the charity coin that we had done the 50, 51. Yeah. That, evolved into what's currently being sold at hook and ladder eight right now. Um, they had gotten in contact with me through a mutual contact and said, listen, um, we get asked about coins. We want to do one. We want to keep the front the same as this one and the back. We want to do a whole new back. And I jumped on it. I, I I don't think I could have jumped any higher. And I probably did, <laughs> I probably did 30 drafts before I had the guts to send them that one. And, you know, I sent it to crystal. I said, first off, can we make this, is this possible? Right. Yes. And, um, that's actually something we haven't touched on yet via our generic crystal Facebook page yet that, um, we have a whole story about how that came to be and that relationship came to be. And it's very, very interesting. It's got some sad parts in it, but, uh, or not sad, disappointing, but, um, it evolved into a fantastic relationship because those guys are amazing too. You you couldn't imagine hook and ladder eight being as receptive to the community as they are. Um, and being oh, able I say, to- I, I say that a, a bunch, like the fact that people show up there, and knock on the door and they answer the door and are like, yeah, hi, sure. Yeah. You can take a look around. And also this is our wall of Ghostbusters stuff. And yep. they're 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 They could totally be entirely different about the situation and go, nope, this is a working firehouse and you need to get the hell out of here. And instead they're incredibly em- embraceive of the fandom and they're, you know, they, they kind of, I, I think they hold it up as part of their identity at this yeah. point is like, they are the Ghostbusters firehouse team. You know, it's kind of interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, and then the starting the club was a big thing for me. And, you know, I've loved every minute of that. It's it's amazing what you can see. And then uh, to the book club, I, you know, it's it's it might sound, you know, a little weird, but I love, you know, the firsts. you know, I got to design the first for this, or I designed the first hook and ladder eight coin, or I randomly yeah. came up with something or the, the book club to be a part of these events. It's just, it's life changing. Well, I'm glad that you're out there doing all this work because, and, and to finally know you and to know the person doing all this work, because I'm like, now I can be like, I know the person who made that coin that I have over there. And I know the person who made that pin as opposed to just being like, what's a Moogly fan club. And who's this very nice Eric person who messages me. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I, I feel, mean, it was, so, feel so silly about that. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause I told Dan, uh, at Buffalo, I was like, I've done all this work for ghostbusters day. I haven't actually gone yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I was like, I'm going I've said this, this year. I've, 
I still have it. I'm, I'm a, a native New Yorker who like came Cal- to California, moved cross country. And somehow, despite the fact that I lived in that state for like 28 years, I would drive right past that firehouse when I worked uh, driving between Jersey and New York City. And like I, I just was like, there it is. Yeah, there's a firehouse. Goodbye. <laughs> it yep. never stopped. I yep. never. And now I'm like, I got to go because there's a reason beyond just like, oh, it's the Ghostbusters firehouse. But it's like it's become. Uh, you know, kind of a pilgrimage thing almost for the fandom. And in so many ways, like, oh, you know, not yeah. that it's just Buffalo that did it, but it, certainly without question, like the work that Buffalo did, the work that you you've done to help cultivate, you know, some of that merchandise and to help build that fan relationship is so important. So thank you for being a huge part of that. Oh, too. no, you know, it's, no, it's, no. It's, it's it's, I thank everybody else. Right. Usually I couldn't be doing it without other people. It's uh, definitely what makes the community great. Um, we, I know we were probably getting a little close on time. We need to probably wrap things up a little bit. Is there, I know folks should find the Moogly fan club on Facebook. Yep. Um, they should probably, where can they find your work in terms of patches and pins? Like where should they go check stuff out? You can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Moogly fan club. And then for and all of your patch and pin needs, you can find us at Generic Crystal Designs on Facebook. Okay. And it's like generic, just like the word generic, which I think is so funny because the first time I saw it, I was like, what is generic crystal? I was like, yep. is there... <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, it's a play on names. I got yep. it. <laughs> it's funny when you look at it because our logo is literally just the most generic crystal you know, it's, 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 it's custom. I, I designed it myself, but it's just this simple little crystal. And, you know, I always say there's nothing generic about me. And, you know, I was like, generic, generic. And then Crystal, her name works obviously for Crystal. And like, yeah, we, had, we went through like generic Crystal Productions, designs, all of that. <laughs> But no, you can find it's a fun both. play on words. I like it. Yeah, you can find both the Moogly Fan Club and Generic Crystal Designs on Facebook, and you can follow along in the pages of a convenient paranormal dimension with myself and the Buffalo Ghostbusters and James via Facebook as well. And if the folks have made it this far into the podcast and they've survived the fireworks show. Is there anything else you want to offer them? Yep. I want to say this right now. Anybody that has made it through my rambling and mumbling and firework display that is apparently not, is getting. It was not, it's not what I said. It's, it's, it's really, really loud right now. I'm, yeah, it's got to be wrapping up. It'll probably wrap up the second we're done. But for anybody listening, the very first, but you know what? The very first two people that send the Moogly fan club a message via Facebook with the word extraplasm. You're going to get your own patch. You're going to get your a name badge and you're going to get a trading card as well. First two people, Moogly fan club, just extraplasm. Might not hurt too if you gave the club a like as well or a follow. Whatever yeah, your prerogative I, is. Well, you definitely should. Um, I want to say that the fireworks have been entirely 
to build up to that announcement. If that wasn't clear <laughs> to everybody, that's what they've been about the whole time, because even those people at the fair want to grab one of those two uh, amazing prizes. And I hope I didn't be like, hey, don't you want to give people free things? <laughs> but just, so we talked about it and I didn't want us to forget about it. So no, no, oh God, it's going to really look at listen to this. Are you hearing this? Oh, my God. All right. Hold on a second. Let's see if this gives me a second. This can't be that long. Oh, okay. just wait a couple minutes. Yeah, hold on a second. The thing about the Mowgli Cub patches is we do not sell them. They are yeah. only given away or won via club activities, whether it's completing a sheet, answering a trivia question, playing a game, sharing a photo. It's all about the activity. So you'll never be able to buy one from us unless we somehow do a charity run down the road, which is possible because our very first patches to get the club underway, the founders patches were we sold them and we raised 260 bucks for Ronald McDonald House. <laughs> awesome. that, that, was, that was the very yeah. one, one month in 260 bucks raised for charity. That's great. So, um, I guess if I could end it with one more thing while there's no fireworks. Um, yeah, the fireworks have subsided now that we've given the amazing announcement. <laughs> we yep, built up to the announcement and now the fireworks are over. <laughs> now that I am settled in our new headquarters, we will be taking donations for patches and pins for the raffle. Uh, we usually start about this time. So if anybody does want to send something over from whether your franchise or personal group, as long as it's Ghostbusters themed, uh, you can just message the club for mailing info. Nice. Jim, do you have a patch? I don't have a patch. So currently. what we're going to do is we're going to get you one out as well with the trading card for helping us out with oh, the promoting the club you. and having me on to talk about it. Cause it means a lot to me that you wanted to discuss it and get a little you know, get a little word of mouth out there for us. Yeah, no, I so, I means a lot to me that you came on the podcast and I appreciate that you've been, you know, you've been listening to the show, obviously, because we've kind of talked back and forth before that. But um, I appreciate so much the opportunity to talk with you because I've enjoyed so much of what you've put out there already. Like just thinking about this conversation, I'm like, how many different things did you make that I have in my pin collection box right now that I didn't even realize I have that it, like were yours. And so, oh, yeah, we should. Look um, at that I'm later really on. glad we got to, you know, I'm really glad we got to touch base and kind of meet a little better rather than just on the internet typing. So, and we typing rather than, rather than taping um, and <laughs> to be able to share that with folks, because I always think that these conversations are fun and that that's part of what extra plasma is about is letting folks who like, we may be separated from their projects in some way who we don't really know a lot about who they are. And then some people do some folks in the fandom do, maybe I just don't, and I'm just ignorant, but <laughs> like, my point being like, it's getting there. Well, I only have like a few more minutes to do that. This is episode 45 and episode 46 happens next week. So <laughs> we've got about like 30 seconds for me to find my voice. Otherwise, the podcast is doomed. Oh, but, no, don't, don't worry about it. You got your USB. You're fine. Oh, wait. Sorry. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Oh, didn't mean to make that I one. I don't have my My Little Pony USB. I don't. But Someday. Someday. Well, <laughs> This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming on the on the show. And um, again, people people should totally go and sign, go like the Moogly Fan Club. Go and get your contest entry entry in if you haven't already. Uh, if you didn't pause the podcast immediately so that you could be first or second. Um, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah. Again, thank you again, Eric, for coming on the show. Any final words, any last thing you want to share with, with the listeners? No, just I want to thank everybody who's already liked the club, followed the club, participated in any contest, made a comment, liked the post. You guys are what I'm doing it for. I hope you're enjoying it. And I hope everybody who has one of my patches, pins, coins in their collection can look at it now and go, that's the guy that made it. And he cares. He cares. I know what he he sounds like now. He he cared when he made that item. Thank you very much for having me. This This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on, Eric. We hope to talk to you again soon. Feel free to come back anytime. Yes, sir. All right. Take care. Thank you. That about wraps things up for Extra Plasm this week. I want to say thank you again to Eric Christensen for coming on the show and talking with us about his experience designing patches and pins, uh, the Moogly fan club, and for providing us an awesome pyrotechnic experience to uh, interact with and kind of make fun of. I hope that you made it through it. And if you did, I hope you're one of the first two people to act on that little giveaway he talked about at the end there. You'll need to go do that if you want to grab a patch. Remember, those are never for sale. Uh, Beyond that, I want to say thank you as usual to Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios who provides our logo as well as the vaporwave artist Magnavox whose version of Ghostbusters serves as our theme music. And as we wrap up episode 45 and on the penultimate, you know, wrap up to almost one year of podcasting, I want to say a super special thank you to you all for listening. I know I say it every week, but this podcast would mean pretty much nothing if you weren't listening to it and engaging. And I love that I'm having more and more conversations with people as the podcast audience continues to grow, uh, as folks are more open to sharing things and providing things back to the podcast. And so Uh, If you have something out there you want to share, if you have anything you want to talk about, any commentary, whatever it is, you can always find me on Instagram at Extraplasm, sometimes on Twitter or X at Extraplasm, and always via Gmail at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to do anything to support the podcast, you can always, of course, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you're getting the podcast. And I want to remind you that as Ernie Hudson says every week, try to have fun. And always keep on busting. Take care.